welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Changing the Game with Digital Selling, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they'll discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. That's right, Bonnie in the house. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You know, that means I have three guests today. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. You know you always are because this is where the best run. Let's open with a buzz quote. You know, I always start with a quote of the week for our topic. And I have a quote from Adrian Fisher who writes in Forbes.com. Let me read this and this will help introduce our topic. So Adrian Fisher writes, digital selling. That's right. This is changing the game with digital selling. Digital selling relies on having robust, well-built social networks, which is why social media marketing is a crucial aspect of digital selling. Since these two concepts are so similar, many people confuse the two. Fisher goes on to explain that social media marketing lives at the top of the sales funnel. Come on, you all know, remember that sales and marketing funnel. You've lived with it for years and years and years if you're over the age of 10. It lives at the top of the sales funnel to help bring in leads using hey, platforms like Facebook and Twitter, for example. Digital selling puts the traditional sales process back on social Social networks where salespeople can comment on a prospect's LinkedIn quote t- post, for example, or retweet their tweet. So you get some interaction and relationship building. I have three panelists who are going to help us figure this all out. And our topic today officially is boost your social media marketing campaign, how applied digital selling. So we're marrying the two. Let me tell you who my three panelists are, and then I will invite each of them to introduce themselves briefly. So we're welcoming back Bryn Tillman, who is now at Social Sales Link. We're welcoming a newcomer, Alan McLaren at Infinity Comp. That's one word with two M's on com. And Saluber MD. I hope I got that right. And we're welcoming another newcomer, Sylvie Lashkar. I hope I pronounced that right. Global Experience Management Network Lead. That's a long title at SAP. Welcome to Bryn, Alan, and Sylvie. So Bryn, please catch us up to date. It's been a while since you've been on Game Changers Radio. What have you been up to? Oh, lots of fun things, Bonnie. Um, Probably (laughs) my favorite is launching a Train the Trainer program so that corporate trainers and learning and development departments can teach how to uh, their team can leverage LinkedIn and social selling the way that we've been training. Very, very cool. Is, is this the social sales link? Is this the company name, Bryn? Yep, social sales link actually has been my company for a little over about six and a half years now. Uh, and um, I've gone back and forth a little bit, but uh, back in full force now. Well, congratulations on that. We're very happy to have you, and we're going to tap your expertise on the show today. So welcome back, Bryn. Now let's move to newcomer Alan McLaren. Alan, welcome, and please tell us what you do and what your companies do. Uh, Thank you, Bonnie. So uh, my company essentially is a creative marketing agency, so we help people tell their story, and we help them figure out where to to place it so that they get the best results uh, for both selling and or brand building. So it's a fairly simple concept, but as we all know, uh, it's got a lot of uh, lot of uh, layers to it, but we're really excited about uh, about 2020 and uh, and the things that are coming along with that. Very very cool. And tell me about your other company, the one that has MD at the end. How do you pronounce that, and what does that do? So Saluber MD. Saluber actually means healthy in Latin, and Saluber ah. is a telemedicine uh, telemedicine platform. So it allows you to have a conversation with a doctor, no matter where you are on the golf course in your home. Um, and we're very excited about that. It's, uh, we started that in Italy, and we're moving it to America and the Middle East, and it's a very exciting uh, uh, initiative. You're a very busy person. I'm glad to hear you're doing well. Thank you, Alan, for joining us. And Sylvie, please pronounce your last name correctly for me and tell us what you do at SAP. Welcome, Sylvie. Bonjour. Oh, bonjour. Thank you. You did well. My name is Sylvie Lashka. So you did mm-hmm. well. So at SAP, I have two jobs. Let's uh, focus on the second one, which is the deployment of social selling within the company and especially in Europe. 
And what I do now is that I accompany people uh, to use social selling properly. So I made a lot of coaching and also I use my experience to teach how to use social media uh, to customers and partners, which open doors for us, which is great. Very nice. Well, we're very happy to have you. And I saw you posted something very nice about how you're so blessed to be on the show today. And we're very happy to have you. So thank you for your enthusiasm. Now is the part of the show. In case you haven't tuned in before to our audience I'm talking, I have asked each of my special guests today to send me a quote that has on the surface absolutely nothing to do with our topic of social selling and digital selling and how they marry together. We're going to be talking about that through the hour. But I've asked them to send me a quote from a famous person or a song or a book or a movie and then in their own words now on the air live with me they're going to relate the quote to our topic so Bryn Tillman has sent us a quote from Oprah Winfrey let me give a little background in case somebody Bryn has been living totally under a set of rocks here and Mm -hmm. don't know who she is she was born Oprah Gail Winfrey interesting that her her best friend's name is Gail Uh, January 29, 1954 I call her a young person she's an American media executive actress talk show host, TV producer, and philanthropist best known for her talk show, which was the highest rated TV show of its kind in history and ran in national syndication for 25 years from 86 to 2011. She's dubbed the queen of all media, the richest African-American of the 20th century and North America's first black multi-billionaire and the greatest black philanthropist in American history. She's been called the most influential woman in the world and we know why. Here's the quote. I know for sure that what we dwell on is who we become. Bryn, beautiful quote. Tell me what that has to do with our topic, please. Uh, Well, thanks. You know, I think this has to do with everything in our lives. We create what we think about the most. So in uh, digital sales or social selling, you you can go at this saying, you know, I'm going to make an impact. I'm going to attract people. I'm going to provide value. And when you think that way, you act that way. And so from a a social selling perspective, if we come at this like, I just want lots more sales, then that's what comes across. And we end up pitching people and dying on the vine. So it's really important to have the right mindset and the right intention and focus our brains to think that way so that when we go to market on in LinkedIn or digital selling, that we're coming from it from, you know, a, a, a I'm serving perspective. I'm offering value perspective. And that's the way to get real success. Thank you very much. I like that. These are words to wit, to live by, Bryn, and, and you've heard me say before on the show, this is something you could crochet on the on a pillow or on a blanket and, and look at every day, and it would have impact. Thank you, Bryn, for the beautiful quote from Oprah Winfrey. Alan McLaren has sent us a quote from Yogi Berra. We love Yogi Berra quotes, Alan, because they're, they're always inside out, and they always make sense. Lawrence Peter Yogi Berra, 1925 to 2015, an American professional baseball catcher, took on the roles of manager and coach. He played 19 seasons with Major League Baseball, all but the last for the yay New York Yankees. I'm a Long-time New Yorker, no longer, but I was born and bred there. 18-time All-Star, won 10 World Series championships as a player, more than any other player in MLB history. And baseball fans will like to know that Yogi Berra had a career batting average of .285, hit 358 home runs and 1,430 runs batted in, one of only five players to win the American League Most Valuable Player Award three times Baseball Hall of Fame in 1972. And here's the quote. We have a good time together, even when we're not together. Alan, (laughs) forgive me. I I love this. So how did you pick this quote? What does this have to do with our topic today? This should be good. Well, the truth is with Yogi Berra, you never know what he really meant. But uh, (laughs) when you think about this quote, um, I look at it and say, you know what? And when you think about digital selling and digital connections, we're not always together. Uh, but we can have a good time together because we have alignment of, of values, of beliefs, uh, things of that nature. I was, uh, for example, I was at a party this uh, weekend, a holiday party, and I, I saw this woman I hadn't seen in a long time, and I looked at her and I said, you know what, Susie, I think I know more about you uh, from our interactions on social than I ever did in person. And we laughed and we hugged, and it kind of just taught me that there's so much power in the work that we do, not only... Uh, on a social selling perspective, but in life. 
because at the end of the day, you know, we end up being curious, authentic, and human, uh, and that translates so beautifully into our real world. And so for me, uh, when we have a good time together, even when we're not together, it's more of a universal energy thing and, and values thing. And so I think it, it kind of hits the mark for me. It's lovely. I, I just laugh because, as you say, you're not quite sure where he's going. But, Alan, all of Yogi Berra's quotes, the yogiisms they call them, they make sense, yeah. don't they? They they really make sense. They hit home because they say things in a way we would not say them. But when he says them, they they have some they have a, a nugget of meaning in them that goes beyond the 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 statement that other people would make that serious writers would make. Thank you, Alan, for the smiles and the great quote. Sylvie Lashkar at SAP has sent us also a wonderful quote from Oscar Wilde. Oscar Fingal O'Flaherty Wills Wilde, 1854 to 1900, Irish poet and playwright. He wrote in different forms throughout the 1880s, way back when, but the early 1890s saw him become one of the most popular playwrights in London. He's remembered for his epigrams and plays. His famous novel, The Picture of Dorian Gray and the circumstances of his criminal conviction for gross indecency, imprisonment, and early death at the age of 46. Oh my. Here's the quote. Everybody listen up. This is a cool one. Be yourself. Everyone else is already taken. Sylvie, talk to me. How does this apply to our topic today? Yeah, well, um, I think uh, we're, we have to remember, even when we use social media, when we are digital, that we, we, we have to remain human, and we are human speaking to human beings. So we have to be ourselves. Uh, we, we can't play a role, and it works well if you show your real personality, if you show your uh, real behavior. And it's like in life when you uh, present yourself to people, you, if you play, uh, it is seen and people think you're cheating and people don't believe you. So uh, the best uh, to be... Um, ourselves is to show exactly who we are and um, by the way uh, I chose uh, also um, Oscar because my son's name is Dorian Oh, that's lovely. This happens to be a beautiful quote. And Sylvie, it, it relies, it relates to so many things even well beyond social media because uh, people who, you know, the Madonna song, Strike a Pose, well, who are you really behind that pose? We have to be ourselves. That's the only way we can distinguish and differentiate ourselves and make an impact. And the word authentic popped up, and that's what it's all about. Thank you, all three of you. Now we're going to get to know the three of you just a little bit better. Uh, so bring Tillman, you know the drill. I have two questions for you and then for Alan and then Sylvie. Questions are, where are you calling from today? We, we're not going to need the digital Google map coordinates of the roof of your house. We're not coming to get you, although we might visit you for the holidays, Bryn. And I'd love to know, I usually ask what's in your cup today or what's your favorite beverage, but New Year's is Oh, just a, I don't know, week and a half away, two weeks away, and Christmas is coming, Hanukkah is coming. So what's your favorite holiday beverage? Bryn Tillman, talk to me. Eggnog in ah. Philadelphia. Ah, not in that order. <laughs> yeah. Tell me something. Do you have a wonderful family recipe for eggnog, or do you, you, do you drink it right out of the carton like I do? You know, the carton does a really good job, I have to tell you. <laughs> yep. I'll bite, bite right from the dairy aisle at my local grocery store, and I'm a happy camper. There you go. Well, I will tell you that I'm in Durham, North Carolina now, and we have a wonderful Harris Teeter 1.3 miles from my house, according to my GPS I use in the car. And they have a light, L-I-T-E, eggnog. They start selling, oh, right around Thanksgiving, and they only sell it. I've only found it by the quart. Do you know how fast mm. a quart of eggnog goes? <laughs> I don't have to tell you, Bryn. You understand. And it is fantabulous. And I don't even use that word. But it's fantabulous. I have no idea how they make it. But it's it's a real winner. I only allow myself to have it a little bit at a time. But it's, it's really something. Thank you, Bryn. Eggnog on. Alan McLaren, where are you today? And what do you love to drink at the holidays? Uh, I am calling from Oakville, Ontario, Canada, which is just outside the big city of Toronto, about 35 minutes outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and my favorite drink over the holidays is anything alcoholic, but uh, truthfully, 
There's a drink called a Pisco Sour that many people have not heard of. It's a drink out of Peru uh, that uh, is actually pretty cool to create. So if you look it up on the Internet, you got to go buy the Pisco, which is a very strong alcoholic drink, but it's a a wonderful one that kind of warms the heart uh, while you're having pancakes on Christmas morning. Oh, that's lovely. That's absolutely lovely. I appreciate that. And how's your weather up in Canada, Alan? What do you, what's doing up there? Uh, no comment. Uh, we'll ah, come on. Come on. No, we're, we're not, exp- not so bad. Just a little light snow this morning, uh, so not too bad, but uh, a little crisp. It'll be, okay. the, I guess, the Fahrenheit will be in the 20s. So it'll be cool. There you go. Well, we, we have crazy weather here, but I'll tell you after. Sylvie, rumor has it you're calling all the way, or we called you in France today. So tell us, where in France are you? You can give us a weather report if you like. And what's your favorite holiday beverage, Sylvie Lashkar? Well, I'm in Paris, uh, the best oh. city of the world, I would say for me. I love my place. And, uh, of course, as a good French and the fooding country, I love champagne, uh, which is unique uh, around the globe. And I think everyone appreciates that beverage. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I will say for... Um, for uh, Christmas, I will prepare myself a foie gras, uh, which I cook myself. Um, and if you're nice with me, I will send you the recipe. <laughs> What's in it? Give us a clue. What are the ingredients? Well, it's a, the, you, you take the leather, so the foie, and uh, you um, make, a, make it marinated with alcohol, with whiskey and porto. Uh, during the whole night, and then I I cook it in a steam cooker, just seven minutes, and then it's done. Really simple. Very nice. Well, I I think that's delicious, and if you want to send us your trusted recipe, we'll be happy to only share it among all of us on the show today. We won't publish it unless you give us permission. Thank you, Sylvie. I'm here in Durham, North Carolina. It's kind of a gloomy, rainy day today, but we had a surprise yesterday. It went up to the high 60s, and the low overnight was 55, which is wonderful because I put up a greenhouse on my screen porch, one of those portable greenhouses with the clear, heavy plastic over it. It looks like a house. And you can actually walk into it. And I put the heater on overnight because the temperature here, Alan, has been going down into the 30s and 20s for the past two weeks overnight. We're talking Fahrenheit, and that's cold, and I don't want my plants to freeze. So I click on the little heater with a remote control, but when I wake up in the morning, if it's sunny out, the temperature in the greenhouse sometimes is up to 120 degrees. So I quickly turn off the heater, meaning I have to get up earlier with the sun to turn off the heater so I'm not frozen. My plants. So I have to water them very often, but they're doing very, very well. But yesterday it was balmy and summer like temperatures. Today it's rainy. I don't know what it's going to do tomorrow, but I thought I was moving to the warm south. Not exactly with wintertime temperatures in the 20s and 30s overnight. What can I tell you? And I'm not allowed to drink caffeinated beverages on radio show day, so all I have is water today, but I'll probably have uh, eggnog with a little rum in it on New Year's Eve. Bryn, how does that sound? Can we do that? I'm coming over. <laughs> You're all welcome to come over. I have a big house, and I'll be here probably all by myself, so you're all welcome to come. If you're just tuning in, we are having fun, but we have a very serious topic. Our topic today is Boost Your Social Media Marketing Campaign, Apply Digital Selling, and we're going to be talking, doing a deep dive in the discussion portion, the roundtable of our show. We're going to take a quick break. We're a little bit early, which is great. Plenty of time to go around the table. We have three experts on the topic. They're all in good spirits, literally in Figuratively for the holidays, Bryn Tillman at Social Sales Link, Alan McLaren at Infinity Com and Saluber MD, and Sylvie Lashkar at SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and I plan to be after the break. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. I heard another radio host on NPR say the following word, and I'm going to say it too. Stay. We'll be right back. Aaron out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Social media is taking sales and marketing organizations by storm, and only those who adapt quickly into the new digital world will be around in the future. 
Digital selling is a concept that has implications to all lines of business, from building the fundamentals in the sales and marketing process and getting the content marketing mix right, to building cross-functional teams and ultimately changing the way buyers and sellers engage in a digital world. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how digital selling is changing the world of business. Changing the game with digital selling is presented by SAP. Visit SAP.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Changing the Game with Digital Selling, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to changing the game with digital selling. Here we are. We're back. And we have an important topic. I know it's almost the holidays, but this is important. And I have to do a shout out to Kirsten Boileau at SAP in Canada. as uh, She has been sponsoring the series for, we're in season five right now, and she is already committed to renew for 2020. And we're thrilled about that. And she works with our Reef Johari. We know him as AJ, and he's wonderful putting together these shows. So happy holidays to Kirsten and AJ. And we're looking forward to more wonderful topics on digital selling in 2020. So I'm here here today. Our topic is boost your social media marketing campaign, apply digital selling, and it's not too early to plan all of this for 2020, even if you're ready to go on break. I'm here with Bryn Tillman at Social Sales Link, Alan McLaren at InfinityCom and Salubra MD, and Sylvie Lashkar at SAP, and she's in Paris today. How lovely. We're going to start the roundtable with a statement Bryn Tillman sent me before the show. I'm going to ask Bryn to tell us more about it, and then we'll invite Alan and Sylvie to come in and comment and see if they agree or disagree and add some more thought leadership to this. So Bryn told me the following, 67% of the buyer's journey is done through self-education, not with a sales rep. Powerful statement. Bryn, please tell us more. Thanks. That was actually a study by Serious Decision. And, you know, I love when I have real data to back up what I teach. And I think it's really important to understand that, you know, when when I started in sales, which was like 1990, I was in an inbound call center with hundreds of people at Dun & Bradstreet. Mm. And anytime anyone needed any information at all, there was no website for them to visit. There was no, you know, no Google at all, right? Sure. So they had to call us and ask us to mail them information. That was our job, right? And so we were involved at the very top of that uh, exploratory, um, we need help. And so it was really simple to pull them into the sales pipeline. Today, they are 67% through their decision-making, meaning they've done their research, they're Googling, they're reading blogs, they're watching videos, and they're forming an opinion Mm -hmm. about what direction to go in, what solutions to explore. And really, in some ways, throughout that process, it's very possible that whoever they're, they're reading and learning from becomes the vendor of choice. Right, because that's what's molding their perspective. Mm-hmm. So, this is so vital in the world of social selling to understand that if you are not part of that sixty percent, sixty-seven percent online, you're probably not in the mix when it comes time for them to shop or get quotes or even you know just, just who are they going to talk to about helping them with the solution. So, di- social selling, digital sales. All is a significant piece of this. When they Google, it's your blog and your video and your content that needs to be part of that 67% so that you are the vendor or at least one of the vendors that they contact when it is time for them to speak with a sales rep. Top of mind. Thank you. And I'm going to add a little statistic to that, Bryn, before I bring in Alan and Sylvia. I was reading today that according to Edison Research's Infinite Dial Study, 73 million people in the U.S. listen to podcasts monthly in 2018, 48 million listen weekly. So that's part of that social networking, isn't it, Bryn? Getting your message out, getting your brand out, getting your authenticity out. You agree? 
I agree. I think podcasts and webinars um, on many different uh, topics and with different hosts is a fabulous way to reach a lot more of your qualified buyers. Thank you. Alan McLaren, we'd love to know, agree or disagree, or just talk about it. Alan, join us, please. Well, how could, how could you not agree? I think Brenda's right on. And I think it, it brings us, you know, the, 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 the thing to think about, is this a good thing for salespeople or a bad thing? I actually think it's an amazingly good thing because it gets you through a lot of the minutiae that you've got to get through to get to what's really important is, is what value does the sales representative add to the sales process? Mm-hmm. It's not about features and benefits. It's not going to be about, you know, uh, this latest thing or that latest thing. It's about how does it solve the problem for that particular customer? So, you know, if the customer's already informed, then you can have a really interesting conversation with them uh, and how to form and shape what's important to them to the product or service that you had. So at the end of the day, smart clients and smart reps really work together. What's really interesting for a salesperson to think about, though, is sometimes the, the research that the client did actually makes them more informed than you and the industry because they may have looked at all your competitors. So I always give, I always tell people, tells people to make sure they understand all the offerings that are out there so they can have a really uh, objective conversation, if that's even possible, uh, to, with their, with their prospect, and then they'll uh, deliver better value. Thank you very much. And value is so important to this whole equation. Thank you. Sylvie Lashkar, please join us. Agree or disagree or just add more thought leadership to what we're talking about, please. Yeah, of course I agree, and I will go further. Uh, I I usually say to people that we need to change the position that we have uh, with our customers. We need to be partners. We need to care about their own business, how they're going to be successful. So uh, this is exactly what we, we can do. Um, they, they are smart, they're searching, and we, we are there to be partners and complement what they don't know or what they want to know more. And also we can take the opportunity to have this permanent link with them to be ahead uh, of all demand, of all needs. Uh, so, of course, I completely agree. Um, I think even more. I think it's uh, uh, and uh, it's the the percentage for me is even more. And um, I think uh, they we need to use uh, social also to um, get some more information about those customers because they're asking questions, they're talking. So it's gold, a lot of gold information that we can get there in order to support them and not to just sell them. Great points. Thank you, Sylvie. Thank you all. Bryn, anything you want to add before I move on to some statements from Alan coming up next? Well, I mean, the only other thing I want want to add is, is, um, and kind of piggybacking on what Alan said, is that how good this is for a salesperson because they actually now have the opportunity to be seen as a subject matter expert and thought leader and not only rely on their company's brand. And so it really does give uh, a, a sales professional the opportunity to stand out to show their differentiation and to really be the vendor of choice. So that would be my addition to that. Thank you very much. All good comments around the table. Alan McLaren, I'm looking at your notes here, and I'm looking at number, let's go with number one you sent me, because I think it's very, very important. It's a wishful thinking and maybe reality check here. You say, if you're a sales executive, wouldn't it be amazing if you had a prospect reach out to you on Twitter because of an ad they saw about your company that intrigued them? The foundation you build on social, and Alan says, and it can take years, can allow that to happen. Alan, why don't you put all the pieces together for us and tell us more, please. Well, at the end of the day, this really becomes, you know, at the top of the funnel, uh, the awareness uh, matrix, right? How important is awareness to help support salespeople as they're going through their process? Uh, Those of you who have worked in startups know how hard it is to get appointments because you don't have a brand. And when you have a brand, it makes it a lot easier because that brand has some attributes that people either love or don't love. Uh, and so that makes it easier, easier or harder depending on, on that, uh, that aspect of it. But when you think about it, and I think it builds on what both Brennan and Sylvie said, you know, when you build your personal brand to a place where people look at you a certain way, uh, because everybody has a personal brand, whether they believe it or not, 
then those uh, those prospects will look at you differently and say, look, I saw this ad for a company that I trust. I know you're part of that company. They connect the dots, and when they connect the dots, you get that tweet. It is. It has happened to me. So this is not something that I just pulled out of the sky. It actually happened to me with a video uh, client, and that client became a very big client of ours. And I had a very, very uh, what I'll call a soft relationship with this uh, particular mm-hmm. gentleman that turned into something really big. So it does work. Thank you very much. Good thoughts there. Sylvie Lashkar, please join us. Agree or disagree or add more to what Alan McLaren just shared? Please. No, I totally agree. Um, <laughs> I, I think I have nothing to add to that. It's, it's what I think as well. Okay, let's go around the table to Bryn. Bryn, thoughts please? So, I mean, I think that there's a lot of great points that, that Alan shared in, in that, and I think it really does come down to this is the evolution of sales. This is where the direction that it's going in, and if we don't begin to adapt and adopt, adopt to this thinking and adapt to the new way, um, we're going to really fall behind. So it's not a net neutral. It's really about... Um, embracing a lot of this new way that people are buying and make sure that our selling is aligned with their journey. Thank you very much. Alan, anything you want to add to that before we move on? The, um, the last line that Bryn said when you're talking about selling aligning with their journey, um, that's probably the, if, if, you can, if we can stamp out on every salesperson's forehead, what that really means is understand where your customer is in their process not because you have quota that you have to meet at the end of the month. And that, uh, both in real selling, live, or on digital selling, is something I see all the time. People pitching before someone's ready and offering them deals before they even Mm -hmm. know anything about that client. So uh, when you have that alignment of journey to, and you're helping them buy as opposed to trying to sell, uh, that's when magic happens in sales, and that's where real professionals stand out. Very well put. Thank you very much, Alan. Sylvie, I'm looking at your statements you sent me before the show. And the first one, I think, is where we're going to go. Really important. Sylvie says, everyone asks her how they can find content to post on social media. Because the first thing, but she says, but the first thing to do is six letters. Listen, L-I-S-T-E-N. She says, how can you know what to talk about if you don't know about your customer or your partner? Sylvie, words of wisdom. Please tell us more about this. Yeah, usually salespeople, uh, you know, they they used to call uh, their customers and uh, speak about themselves and speak about their their product and speak about. And finally, uh, again, we're all humans. We have ego, and we want people to care about us. So uh, it is completely different uh, to have someone who has listened to your company's strategy, to what the company wants to achieve, where she wants to go, and uh, you as an individual, uh, what are your own objectives, your own criteria of successes, what do you need to build, and if you have a self that has studied everything and comes to you saying, I understand where you're going, I understand what where what makes you successful and this is how maybe what I can do to help you uh, I mean this is completely different and this is what I mean by being a partner to a customer instead of just a vendor uh, so um, so I really encourage people to listen but this is really true in life already I mean when you are in the dinner if you have people that are just talking about themselves the whole dinner you won't invite them anymore mm-hmm. um, and in the contrary if they ask you questions if they are interested in yourself and they they hear you they listen to you and then they they, they share with you topics that are interesting for you because they listen to you it's completely different and this is what makes people interesting and I think with customers it should be exactly the same very well put. Thank you very much. That's a word that we don't often remember, Sylvie, the word to listen. I love it. Thank you. Let's go around the table and see what your co-panelists have to say. Bryn Tillman, thoughts about what Sylvie just shared, the listen word, the L word, also stands for love. Go ahead. Yes, it does. I, um, so so I, think, I think it's really important. The execution of this can be 
difficult for people, um, especially from a time perspective. So there are a few things I recommend um, when going after this listening. Number one, if you've got accounts and prospects that are, you know, are top of your priority, create Google alerts, right, for, for those company names. That way, when things happen in real time, you are notified. Follow those companies on LinkedIn and look at the content that those companies are sharing. Now, here's a really good way to show that you're listening and to stay top of mind. And this comes back, everything I do comes back to my original analog sale back, you know, in the 90s. But um, we used to get the Philadelphia Business Journal and CEOs that were highlighted. We would, like, cut out the article and put a little posty note on that congratulating them with our business card and mail it to them. Mm. But we can do this with digital sales, right? So if we see a press release, a new... um, product release, uh, an award that their CEO wins, simply take that link, even if it's from their own company page or came in through a Google alert or wherever that might be, and drop them a little note, your, your, your stakeholders, maybe you have four or five that you're nurturing. You know, and I, Bonnie, hope you're well, noticed um, that your company just won this amazing award not sure if you mm-hmm. got to see the press on this, but if you didn't, I wanted to send the link. Congratulations. That's a simple activity around listening that is so so easy to do and implement and has some of the biggest impact you could ever imagine. It's not even leading to your solution at this point. It's just mm-hmm. letting them know that you're paying attention and that you really care. And that they matter and that they did something. Right. They matter to you. They're on your radar. You want to be on theirs, but without pushing it in front of them. Hey, I saw you won this and we could help you take it to the next level. You're number two. We can Mm -hmm. get your number one. No, 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 no. Just acknowledge. I love that. Alan McLaren, thoughts about what Sylvie started and what Bryn just added. Go ahead, Alan. Well, there's so many uh, avenues to, to take this. There's obviously, you know, following the companies that, that those people that you connect with are on. So you can do that, obviously, by following the companies on LinkedIn and getting news sources, following the leaders of those organizations, all critical. There are social listening tools uh, that are out there that help you understand based on the keywords, very similar to Google Alerts that Ben was sharing, uh, but actually taking it down a couple of levels so that you can actually see the tweets that they do and all those different things. Very important to understand your customer and the things they're going through so you can obviously better target them. Um, and then there's another, um, you know, Twitter is an interesting way. There's lists that you can have mm-hmm. on Twitter. So when you have certain people that you want to follow, uh, that you create lists and make sure that you view their tweets um, in, in a systematic and easy way to deal with because if you just try to follow them generally, it's pretty hard. There's a lot of noise on Twitter. So those are just a few things, I think, that to think about to, to really listen, uh, but listen with a very targeted view to the things that are really important as opposed to all the noise that can happen uh, when you're on social. Thank you very much. Very good point about the noise. Sylvie, this was your topic. Anything you'd like to say to add back to Alan and or to Bryn? Sylvie? Yes, absolutely. Uh, On top of that, I think uh, the fact to know where the customer you want to talk to and to understand exactly where they want to go uh, makes you come at the right time. So you're not interrupting them when they don't need you. Uh, you can come with exactly the uh, at the good moment. They need something, and you know that they need something because you have heard it, because there's a merge uh, in their company or because maybe there's a legal constraint coming, and maybe you can help to support uh, this uh, constraint. Or um, so, so timing is a great point because they're going to welcome you completely differently. Uh, the second thing is the good topic. So if you know exactly what they need by listening, you can come with something that is an interest for them. Um, so that's the second thing. And the third thing is imagine uh, all those customers that receive a lot of uh, phone calls and a lot of contacts and they don't, they don't want to meet everyone. So if you, if you don't manage to meet someone that is really important for you uh, and you listen, for example, there's a, from the company that there's an event when the person is talking, you can just go to that event and you learn it from social. So all those 
uh, information that you gather uh, are, are really useful uh, to make something happen and to create the relationship and then create the conversation and then create the business. Thank you. Let me go around the table on those points just for a second before, Bryn, I have something in your list. I want to go to number three after this, but let's go around the table. Is this something you organize your day around? Let's start with Sylvie. Do, do you spend the first, let's say, 30 minutes of your work day looking for that listening component of your social postings? Do you go out and say, who's doing what? Do you check LinkedIn for updates from people? Do you do it throughout the day? Do you have a plan where you spend 30 minutes in the middle of your day, the end of your day? Is there a structure for this? Just a brief answer from you, Sylvie, and then Bryn, and then Alan. I want I want our listeners to get some tips on methods here. So, Sylvie, how do you do that? <laughs> Yeah, there's no, uh, I mean, it, it's up to everyone. My routine, I don't, I don't like to wake up in the morning. I don't like to go out of bed. So I stay in bed and I take my, uh, I take my phone and, uh, and I look at all the information I have from, from social and I start to reply to that or to, or to schedule maybe what I could do during the day. So that's my, uh, 10 minutes more in bed, uh, working on social. Thank you. I appreciate the authenticity. That's a word that popped up before. Bryn, we don't, we don't necessarily need to know what you're doing in the morning, but if you'd like to share it. Bryn, seriously, what's your method for this social listening that's so important that Sylvie brought up? Well, social listening is you know, kind of a, a, a small sliver in the entire digital selling kind of routine. I actually, and I'm happy to share this, I, I did um, publish... Uh, an ebook on a day in the life of a social seller and all that comes into that. But I think the social listening really comes in a couple of places. I will take a look at a company before I have an appointment with someone. Or if I'm about to reach out, I'm like, okay, I'm in my prospecting mode and I'm going to reach out. I'm going to actually proactively look through my Google alerts. Obviously, something pops up in a Google alert that triggers an opportunity for me to reach out, I'll leverage that too. But I don't actually set aside time to go through and listen, you know, generally. It's usually very focused on a particular company and it piggybacks on another activity that I'm doing. Again, those alerts, though, that come in can trigger, um, wow, they just, you know, merged with a new company. Let me go find more information on that. What was the company, right? And then how do you leverage that to start uh, more conversations uh, and to be relevant and to make them feel good? But, um, you know, I do have a pretty decent routine throughout the day uh, that, you know, that social listening is just piggybacked on a lot of the other activity. Thank you very much. And let's go to Alan. Alan, thoughts on a routine? What do you got? Yeah, two things. I think on the listening side, uh, I, I would call it always on is really what uh, I would do is every time I've got a, a break in the day, I'll be uh, checking out LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, and or Facebook. And sometimes it's a minute to two minutes of scrolling to see what's really important and what I might be missing. Uh, and that, that becomes a routine, of course, at night uh, when we're supposed to be slowing down with the glass of wine. Uh, my phone is unfortunately always uh, too close. Uh, I get the eye rolls from my wife, but she's figured that out after 35 years that she's not going to change that. So, uh, so always on, always on on the listening side. However, on the pushing side, if you will, or the research side, uh, that I have a system for that I look at every week and say, who are the people I need to talk to? Where are they? How can I uh, take them from um, my digital relationship to a personal relationship, and, and I do that very systematically, uh, 30 minutes a week, and, and that's kind of religious for me. Thank you. That's Those were the insights I was looking for. I think our listeners will appreciate that. Bryn, we have a little more time. I'm looking at one of your notes here. This is important. You say there are 6.8 decision makers on every deal. However... Most sales reps are only talking to two of them. And Bryn adds, this is important, the key to successful digital selling is leveraging social proximity. Please define that for us, Bryn. Well, social proximity is what we get with LinkedIn that we can't do with any other sales tool as far as I know, right? Which is I can identify who in my network can help me gain access to my targeted buyers. So the first thing with social proximity is who do I know? Well, I'm going to back up for a second because 
it was sort of these two 6.8 and social proximity. So the 6.8 decision makers really, we need to buyer map, really start to identify who are all the stakeholders inside of our, our sales process. Who do we talk to throughout the, the whole process? Who's our buyer? Who's our shopper? Who's our end user? Who's the person that holds the wallet? There are a lot of different people that are collaborating and helping to decide whether or not you are the vendor of choice. So identifying all of those titles is absolutely vital. And there's probably somewhere between four and 12 based on who and what you're selling, who you're selling to and what you're selling. Thank you very much. That's so important. Mm -hmm. The second second piece, though, is once you've identified them and you found them, the next piece is who in our network can help us get to them. So do we have clients that know anyone inside of that organization that are either decision makers or influencers? Um, do we know a lower level person inside that company that might be able to make an introduction up? So the social proximity is not just buyer mapping, but buyer mapping to your specific network and really leveraging those relationships for referrals, introductions, and permission to name drop. Thank you. Very interesting. Let's get Alan McLaren. We have a couple more minutes before the crystal ball predictions, and Bryn, you can get yours ready. Alan, thoughts on the social proximity concept that Bryn just shared with us? Go ahead, Alan. Uh, I just think back to when I started selling, uh, and, and Bryn, a little five years before you, so in 1985. Um, and I think, wow, LinkedIn is a tool that if I had back then, uh, I don't know, it would have been incredible because those days were or cards in the back of your car and figuring out who you're going to cold call. So you start thinking about the opportunity that we have as sales executives today. Uh, the interesting thing to build on what you're saying is, in addition to using people to help you connect to others, um, it also helps when you, as you've done the research, is that individual, did they go to the same school as you? Do you have similar friends? Do you live in a similar neighborhood? Uh, do you, uh, t- uh, do you uh, belong to the same associations? All those things, even before you reach out to someone to help you get to that, that information can be helpful as you're starting to build out your case on why that person should even speak to you. And and as you break down your um, 6.8 buyers in each one, for sales reps, the thing to understand is there's also the needs are different for those 6.8 people as well, Mm -hmm. Uh, whether it's a buyer or influencer or uh, if it's a financial buyer, we know what they typically are. If it's a purchaser there, typically have needs that are different. So it's not one size fits all in that particular case. So you're really selling to seven different people with seven different requirements. And if you make them look good in each of their own uh, things that are important to them, then I think you have a better chance at the sale overall. Thank you very much. Sylvie, quickly chime in on this, and then we're going to go to 60-second predictions from each of you. Go ahead, Sylvie. Yeah, so there's a word we didn't pronounce yet, which is influence. And I think uh, social uh, help us to continuously influence the people we want to work with. Um, Because before we we just had, you know, a customer visit or a phone call or an email and and finally uh, it, it, it ends. So you have a relationship with a person and then it stops. And with social, you can continue to be present. It's like if you have um, a hand on his shoulder all the time. So you can influence, continue to share things, to bring value to him. So, um, so you can keep the link and, and make your opportunity moving on. Um, and also, um, it helps uh, us uh, to select, you know, you have salespeople, they have hundreds of accounts, mm-hmm. and they have to start with uh, some of them, so they have to select them. So finally, social is also a way to say, okay, I'm going to select the company that are the most sharing and talkative, so I can have the most information and I have the, mo- the more chance to reach to everybody in this company. So, so the selection process is easier also grass to social thank you very much time for the crystal ball prediction 60 seconds each let's keep it tight Bryn Tillman you're up what do you see for the changes if any in social media social marketing campaigns digital selling let's just go for 2020 which is a big year for everyone go ahead Bryn 
I think the biggest change in the social marketing world is the collaboration between Sales Navigator, Salesforce, and or Microsoft Dynamics, and the marketing department. They're now rolling out the ability that salespeople can save a lead in Sales Navigator, and marketing can target those specific leads. So it's no longer just building a, a persona that we're going after. LinkedIn is now really helping people absolutely 100% target the exact people inside of the exact companies that you want your message in front of. And that, to me, is a complete game changer. Thank you. That's what we're looking for. Alan McLaren, 60 seconds. Go. Well, I have bad news. I think sales and marketing is going to get harder. Uh, that's my prediction. I think with the uh, the advent of the privacy concerns that are out there and ad blocker technology, uh, some some stats for ad blocker technology, uh, 70% of people dislike mobile ads. Uh, mobile ad blocking has been increased by 90%, and 70% of people have a lower opinion of a brand when they when they get a pop up on a on whether it's mobile or on a desktop. So you start thinking about those realities. The, the, that's the bad news. I think the good news is a quote that I heard at a conference. Any fool can steal your ideas, but not even a genius can steal your relationships. So if mm. you start thinking about what we are really talking about today, we secure our future by having great relationships that don't rely on anything else that's technological in nature. The technology is a tool. Uh, but uh, we, our relationships will make it uh, work. So in the end, I think that content and content marketing will rule, but relationships will ultimately be king. Thank you very much. Very well said. Sylvie Lashkar, I have 60 seconds for you. That's it. Talk to me. Predict, please. <laughs> yeah, I think more and more the human will take the lead. So uh, B2B, B2C, there's a big merge, and um, social brings a lot of proximity, even uh, sometimes friendship. And finally, um, mm-hmm. people buys uh, people buys from human, and from human they trust and they think are credible. And 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 I see this coming uh, more and more that. Um, creating intimacy works well. So I'm sorry for marketing, but I don't think marketing creates intimacy. I think sales, uh, if they use properly social media, they can address uh, a large audience uh, with uh, authentic authenticity and uh, create a proximity and create a wish uh, to buy from that specific person. Thank you very much. Great predictions. And speaking of predictions, I'll be back tomorrow morning, 11 a.m. Eastern, with week three of our 2020. Our, this is our fifth annual prediction special. We're predicting business trends, business strategy, technology trends for 2020. I've already spoken with 24 futurists. Anybody on the show is a futurist. We've got 12 more thought leaders tomorrow. So it's 11 a.m. Eastern here on the Business Channel. It's Technology Revolution, the Future of Now. This show is a wow. We're going to have a great time. Speaking of a wow, I want to say thank you so much to my three excellent panelists today. You've been wonderful, and I learned a lot from you. Also, thank you to Aaron Keller, our engineer extraordinaire at World Talk Radio, the Business Channel, and again, series sponsor, Kirsten Boyleau. Wonderful, wonderful year. And thank you to AJ Arif Johari for topics and guests that really rock this topic. Thank you so much, Arif. We call him AJ. Here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. It's the last show of the year for the series, but they're coming back in January. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Just like Bryn Tillman at Social Sales Link. Just like Alan McLaren at Infinity Com. That's Com with two M's and Salubra MD. And just like Sylvie Lashkar at SAP. Bonnie signing off. Have a great day. Talk to you tomorrow, 11 a.m. Don't miss it. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Changing the Game with Digital Selling, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.